2: You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: It is primetime action live on a Tuesday night. Me from the crib here in the middle of the strip, Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and the return of Kelly Bidlin at the South Point Hotel Casino. Mateo Kelly back in the fold. I guess he uh, decided to grace us with his presence.
4: He's but a shell of himself. I'll say that, though. This is not quite a whole Kelly Bidlin. We'll say, uh, you know, a quarter of Kelly is here. What are you talking about, Matt? Nothing is different at all. A A shell of Bidlin, but it's okay. Well, a shell of Bidlin is better than no Bidlin at all.
3: You feeling okay, Kelly? You good?
4: Oh, I'm feeling great, man. We was at a bachelor
5: party in Tampa. We just had a really, really, really good time.
3: All right. Tall right. this. We, uh, we sort of doubted that you were there last night, but that's a whole other story. We'll talk about it later. Uh, Drew Dinsick will join us tonight to talk Olympics, basketball, and the National Football League, Super Bowl 56. He's on Radio Road down there at SoFi. Uh, we'll talk uh, college basketball with Maddie Cox from Three Man Weave and Andy McNeil in hockey. Matt, that's where we should begin tonight.
4: Yeah, so we will start over on the NHL. Sorry, Gil. We had teed up the teed up the uh, the old basketball there. So for a couple of puck poc- uh, one, two, three, four puck drops coming right this second. We have the Blue Jackets and the Capitals. The Capitals are minus two forty home favorites. Over the Blue Jackets, you're getting two to one if you want the road underdog. We've got the Penguins and the Bruins at seven Eastern, four Pacific. We've got the Bruins at minus one thirty home favorites, plus one ten on the road underdog. There, Hurricanes and the Senators. The Hurricanes are minus two twenty five road favorites over the Senators. You are getting a little less than two to one, about plus one ninety on the home underdog Senators in that one the final seven eastern puck drops happening right now so if you want to get in devils and the canadians this is about a coin flip slightly shaded towards the devils but uh, pretty much a coin flip at all the books rest of country right now eight eastern five pacific we do have the wild and the jets the wild are minus 155 road favorites over the jets jets plus 135 home underdogs The Knights and the Oilers. The Knights are minus 120 road favorites over the Oilers. You're getting a little over about plus 105 uh, on the Oilers as home underdogs there. And then at 10 Eastern and 7 Pacific, we got the Coyotes and the Canucks. Canucks are big, minus 230 home favorites, plus 195 as Coyotes as road underdogs. There Over in the NBA tonight, we do have a full slate of action. Just one game tipping off right now, however. The Suns and the Sixers. The Sixers are one, one and a half point. Home favorites over the Suns. Total of about 217.5 to 18, 730 Eastern, 430 Pacific, the Celtics and the Nets. Celtics are a big nine and a half point. Road favorites over the Nets, of course, it's a home game, which means no Kyrie Irving, 213.5, 214, the total there. Pacers and the Hawks, 730, 430 Pacific. We have the Hawks as 12.5 to 13-point home favorites, 226.5 all the way to 227.5 is your total there. 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, the Rockets and the Pelicans. The Pelicans, 9, 9.5-point home favorites over the Rockets, 224.5 to 225. Your total, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, the Clippers and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are 7.5 to 8.5 point home favorites. Over the Clippers, a total of 226.5 all the way to 227.5. 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific, we've got the Pistons and the Mavericks. The Mavericks are 11 to 11.5 point home favorites over the Pistons there. 211.5 to 212.5, your total. We got nine Eastern, six Pacific, the Knicks, and the Nuggets. Nuggets are nine, nine and a half point home favorites, 221, 221 and a half the total. 10 Eastern, seven Pacific, the Bucks, and the Lakers. The Bucks are three and a half point road favorites over the Lakers, 234 to 234 and a half. Your total, 10 Eastern. Seven Pacific, the Magic, and the Blazers, the Magic are one, one and a half point road favorites over the Blazers. We got a total of 222, 221 and a half, 222 in that one. And then 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, the Timberwolves and the Kings. The Timberwolves are seven, seven and a half point road favorites over the Kings, a total of 232. 2.32 and a half. And Kelly, I'm sure you have some news and notes about some of these games that are going off here in any minute. Yeah,
5: a lot of, you know, a couple big trades today in the NBA we'll get to in a little bit, so definitely check, I would say, rosters, depth charts before you're going to bet games tonight. Yeah. There, uh, you know, there were guys that Sabonis, before the trade went through, looked like he was going to be held out for precautionary stuff, so even that, be careful um, with looking at. The one game I am uh, playing tonight is the Celtics at the Nets, where there is injury uh, information. You're going to have none of the big three going for the Nets tonight. You're not going to have Claxton. You're not going to have Aldridge. You're not going to have uh, Joe Harris, obviously, still out there. You're not going to have Paul Millsap in that game tonight. Very, very shorthanded Brooklyn Nets team, I chose to take the, lay the four and a half on the first half with the Celtics just because I think there is a chance this gets to such blowout territory that I don't want to risk laying a full game number and Boston pulls all their stars and that nine and a, uh, eight and a half to nine and a half comes in live as a as a uh, uh, backdoor cover play. So I laid four and a half uh, with the first half with the Celtics. Um, that is my one bet of the evening tonight in the NBA.
3: Man, you sound thrashed from the weekend. (laughs) Let me just point that out. Uh, If the Nets lose tonight, it is their ninth loss in a row. And it sort of occurs to me that if they had a prop before the season started, what would be the Nets longest losing streak of the season? And they made it three games, you know, two games, three games, four games, five games. By the time you got to nine, what do you suppose the number would have been on that? If that happens tonight, forget about nine, eight that already exists. Would have been astronomical.
5: Ah, uh, ten to one. More than that? How do we more. That? Probably more than that.
3: I think more. The way that people were hyping up this team, obviously not knowing what the circumstances were going to be moving forward. Uh, about those two trades in the NBA, and definitely Philly and Phoenix, the marquee matchup tonight. But the two trades uh, that you're referring to. Uh, one went down this morning. C.J. McCollum finally traded from the Portland Trail Blazers. He goes to the Pelicans. Uh, the Pelicans get McCollum, Larry Nance D- uh, Jr. and Tony Snell. The Blazers, in exchange, get Josh Hart, uh, Tomas Satoransky Nikhil Alexander Walker, Didi Luzada. Twenty twenty-two projected, uh, protected rather, first-round pick, two second-round picks. So sort of, uh, with the exception of McCollum, I guess, a, a moving around of deck chairs, unless you see anything else differently about this one, guys.
4: I don't really know if this makes either team all that better. Um, I was trying to kind of dissect this and figure out if I thought either team, you know, air quote, won the trade or if there was anything that I, that I, that I liked at all really in this. I mean, I guess if you're... I guess if you're the Pelicans and you're sitting here, Kelly, maybe trying to look longer term or something like that. I mean, obviously this season is shot. Uh, I mean, maybe you could look and say, okay, well, the Pelicans at least do get another another player that can really play or something like that. But I, I, I don't know. I didn't. I thought it was just kind of a a neutral kind of situation.
5: Yeah, the, I, I thought both trades today were a little disappointing. This this one just from the. The the blawness, you're right, of, okay, this does nothing for the Pelicans this year. If anything, you're looking at mm-hmm. next year or years out. And, and still, the roster that you have assembled... It only works as a as a true contending team if Zion Williamson becomes a superstar, right? And not mm. I mean, the guy's not even on the court right now. So it's impossible for us to judge really what he is right now. But this team could work well around him if he turns into a superstar in the next year or two. Other than that, it's it's, you know, it's going to let them probably squeak into the playoffs this year, Matt. They've been playing a little bit better ball lately, but I, I don't think it does anything long term for them. As far as Portland goes, let the writing's on the wall. This is blow up this team. This is rebuild it from scratch. If you can convince Dame to stick around and with the rebuild project, great. I doubt he's really going to be a fan of that. But this is that's all we're seeing in Portland right now.
3: I'm curious from C.J. McCollum's perspective, not that he would say it out loud, but all these years in Portland, and then he finally gets dealt, and it's to New Orleans. Like, I guess he's just thinking in his head, he's like, wow, that's where I ended up after all this time. We'll see if it's a short stay or a long stay. The other one is the Pacers and the Kings getting together. DeMontis Sabonis, very much beloved on this here program over the years. Uh, DeMontis, the traded to the Kings from the Pacers, along with Jeremy Lamb. Lamb, sort of just a monetary consideration, monetary way to make this work. Uh, the Pacers get Tyrese Halliburton in return, Buddy healed as well, and Tristan Thompson. One of those things is not like the other. Um, same sort of reaction here, guys?
4: Yeah, neutral for me. I mean, I hate it for Sabonis, so just because uh, you know, I, if he was going to get if he was going to get dealt, I kind of wanted to see him get dealt to a, a good team and see where where he could actually go with his game and you know what his kind of ceiling is or something like that. Cause I mean, again, it's a guy that we've we've talked about several times on the on the program here, and you know we say it kind of tongue in cheek, but I mean honestly, the guy's a the guy's a walking double double, and and you know what he's able to contribute on a nightly basis, I thought would be a nice little piece for maybe a team that actually had a, a prayer to contend or something like that. So I was more bummed, I guess, Kelly, anything else yeah. with this? I was kind of like, man, if he was going to go somewhere, I'd really like to see him on a team where maybe he could contribute to a winning, you know, kind of a winning culture. Or something.
5: Yeah. I I, I I screamed when I saw this one come across <laughs> today. And, and it's not just for Sabonis. You're right, mm-hmm. Gil. We loved him on a Sabonis here. Mm-hmm. Would have loved to have seen what he could have turned into on a franchise that I trust to win in the future. Uh DeMondis, it's been fun, I guess, because I don't know the next time we're going to see you in a meaningful game. That's what mm-hmm. it really feels like. And same thing with Tyrese Halbert. This guy's shooting over 40% in his two years in the league, less than two years in the league now. Mm-hmm. This is another player I want to be able to watch on a good basketball team. Well, Indiana's in complete rebuild mode, too, so we're not going to see him on any good team anytime soon. So this one, this one was really a bummer, I thought, on both sides.
3: Sabonis ever see you in a meaningful game. How about just see you in a game? Like, it feels like we watch fewer Sacramento Kings action, like fewer, fewer actual games minutes on our screens than any other team in the NBA, just sort of anecdotally. So, uh, We'll see if we see him at all, let alone in anything meaningful. Uh, some NBA some NFL rather uh, coaching moves. We'll let you know about those. One's pretty interesting actually with the Giants. and we'll look at any time touchdowns in Super Bowl 56. That's next. On Vison's primetime action, live from the South Point. <laughs>
0: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the Sports Betting Network.
3: Do you have questions about betting the Super Bowl? If you do, don't be shy about it. Wondering about how to hedge, perhaps, or maybe you're looking for unusual props or insights from one of our hosts. The VEASAN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at uh, VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl, and it could be answered by our experts on air or on VEASAN.com. That's VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl. Hey, guys, we have a VEASAN Big Game Help Desk. Did you know about that? That's awesome. Now I, I do, pi- Gil. I picture Ben Fox sitting behind a desk just <laughs> taking in all questions. No. Not A uh, couple NFL notes, by the way, we keep our NFL news and notes streak alive here on this show. Um, this is actually, I mean, some of these things are like, okay, but this is actually, this first one's actually pretty interesting. I think the giants who obviously just hired Brian Dable as their head coach, former offensive coordinator of the Buffalo bills, they are finalizing a deal to hire former Ravens defensive coordinator, wink Martindale as their new defensive coordinator. So a couple great coordinators from the AFC come over to handle things for the New York giants. One is a head coach and now wink as the defensive coordinator for the giants. We were surprised that Martindale was scuttled by the Ravens. Weren't we in the first
4: place? Yeah. I mean, that's about as, as good of a hire as you're going to possibly get from anything that's out there. I mean, again, I, I thought that that was a wild, wild thing that they cut him loose, considering what that defense had to go through from an injury standpoint, not over the course of the season. He started behind the 8 ball because I mean they lost guys in the preseason. They lost guys they, they lost guys in training camp, then they lost guys in the preseason, then they lost guys during the course of the season as well. So I mean, yeah, that was one of the that was one of, that actually not one of the. That was the oddest firing to me of all of the off-season and so I think if you're a Giants fan, I mean, listen, if I understand it's probably hard to to find a silver lining with this team here lately. But I mean, if there's something to be excited about, certainly having him as a hire is good. I mean, there's, there was nothing he did this year that you could at all look and say, Oh man, he's not a good hire here. I mean, the guy has a proven track record. He just was, he was just put up against something that he had absolutely no control over. So yeah, I think this is an excellent hire.
3: Yeah. By the way, I was going to, I was going to say the weirdest hire, the weirdest firing during the regular season was Joe Brady Getting uh, fired by the Carolina Panthers. In case you missed it last week, Joe Brady is now the quarterbacks coach of the Buffalo Bills. So all kinds of things moving around with the coaches. The other thing, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
4: Yeah, no, no. I was, I was going to say, uh, if we, uh, if we look at some of the stuff that in in the baseball world here, and I know it's 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 kind of weird that it's so far off our radar because we don't think there's going to be a season anytime soon or something like that. But, but this is something that, you know, again, it's a, from a betting perspective. And so when there's news that it is, that is relevant to betting, I mean, this is from a betting perspective, uh, Trevor Bauer is not going to be criminally charged in all of that stuff that went down and kept him out of, you know, the, the stretch run, the playoffs and the the whole, you know, the whole nine, the whole nine yards, you know, for, uh, for the Dodgers there, um, he, he's not going, I mean, this is a, it was a five month review of this whole deal. And so he, he's not going to be charged in all this. And they were not able to find enough substantial evidence in order to, to press charges against him. And so again, you know, from a betting perspective, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, that is, you know, him being back on that team. I mean, Gil is, is, is big, you know, huge, yeah, huge. Uh, now baseball
3: hasn't, Ruled out pursuing it yet? I guess I can't imagine why they would after this. Yeah, um, are they going
4: to find more in the f- in, in after yeah. the five months? You know of, of of police looking into this. Are they really going to find more? I you know I, I can't imagine.
3: Yeah, Marcelo Zuna back with the uh, Braves. So one would figure that this mm-hmm. would follow suit with Trevor Bauer, but we'll see. By the way, Titans also announced extensions for GM John Robinson and uh, head coach Mike Vrabel. Uh, by the way, are the Titans in the Super Bowl? I'm curious. I, I was away for a while. Uh, <laughs> and then the, uh, the Patriots have now officially hired former Giants head coach Joe Judge. As an offensive assistant, so he's back in New England. What was your favorite uh, moment of the Joe Judge era in New York? By the way,
4: yeah, tons, just too many for yeah. me. I, maybe we'll next week. We'll do it. We'll do a top ten, you know, and and all of that. Maybe we'll. Yeah, we'll just do, we put will. all this together. Yeah.
3: Let's start with some Super Bowl props tonight. We uh, have them interspersed all through the night. Again, Drew Dinsick will join us. To Andy McNeil, Matty Cox from Three Man Weave, but Super Bowl props throughout. Let us begin with uh, one we didn't talk about last night. The anytime touchdown, or perhaps can we interest you in two touchdowns or three touchdowns for any number of players in Super Bowl 56 on both the Bengals and the Rams? Cooper Cup, no surprise, guys, would be the short shot on all of these, right? It figures if you're the short mm-hmm. shot on anytime touchdown, you will be on the two and the three as well. Uh, but he's minus 190 to score anytime, plus 250 on the two touchdowns, 10 to 1 to score three or more touchdowns. Cam Akers, the. Uh, the next shortest shot among the bunch, actually the next uh, favorite in the group. Joe Mixon would be the, uh, the lowest of all priced Bengals. And everybody follows suit after that. Anything you like here?
4: It is, I mean, I guess for me is, if I was going to kind of lay a, a speculative, um, kind of a speculative bet down, maybe it would be on the... Uh, Kendall Blanton, like as an anytime touchdown, because it's looking like even if Higby's able to go, it's, it's not looking like he's 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 trending in the right direction anyway. As it is, but if even if he is able to go, it looks like it'd probably be like super limited kind of kind of snaps and plays and things for him in that one. So, I mean, uh, you know, maybe a plus, kind of a plus 230 on the tight end once they got down into the red zone, something like that could be something that is at least minimally interesting to me. And I guess the other one that is at least minimally interesting and something we really haven't talked about here, and I think that this kind of bleeds over into a whole bunch of other props as well, is McVeigh said today that it is looking optimistic that Daryl Henderson is going to play in the Super Bowl. And so we were wow. worried about acres splitting carries and how much was going to get siphoned off by Sony Michelle. Well, now, I mean, even if it's three or four carries, right? I mean, like, you know, I mean, even if it's just two or three carries, four, whatever they're trying to do, whatever they're trying to get for Daryl Henderson, that can affect Cam Akers and his props and things and stuff like that. So I think that is certainly that, that's certainly something that we should, you know, kind of take into account there as well. But yeah, like I said, Todd, Higby doesn't look like he's trending in the right direction really in this one. So if anything, maybe the the backup tight end there,
3: Daryl Henderson is priced similarly to Sony Michelle in this category here uh, for touchdowns anyway, Plus two forty, 40 14 to one 75 to one as you get to two touchdowns and three touchdowns. And I'm just curious, is it because I understand completely what you're saying, but is it is it more one of these New England backfield by committee things where it's just gonna result in frustration more than anything? If he's not priced any better than Michelle. Right. If it was like a nice flyer, then that's a different story. But is it really worth it at that price?
4: Yeah, no, I, I don't think playing him at this price is necessarily worth it more than it is maybe maybe reconsidering or reevaluating some Cam Akers unders, right? I mean, like I'm saying, if if yeah. if 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 one of those things where even if okay, again, Like, let's not say he has a big workload, but even if he gets, even if he steals three carries, three or four carries from Akers, and then Michelle steals another two or three or four or something. Now that really drastically does change acres kind of projection and and what he's able to do in this game from a rushing standpoint. So um, again, this could be McVay just trying to put out look, there's gamesmanship I'm sure in all this stuff. So, I mean, this might be him just trying to like float some stuff and make the other team have to at least account for Daryl Henderson and, and what he was able to do with this team before he went down with that MCL sprain. But um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's at least something to consider here. I'll see if they're, you know, I'm certainly going to follow this a little, a bit more closely here. I would, as we mentioned last night, I'm betting unders like on Friday or Saturday as it is anyway, so I'm not really rushing to the window to to bet the to bet anything yeah. under on Cam Akers as it is. So I, I'm waiting to bet my unders to later in the week, but uh, certainly something I'm going to consider there with Cam Akers with this news that just came through today, which I kind of, which honestly was not even on my radar of something that I was following. I was like, I was really worried about these two tight ends. Like, you know, is Uzoma going to play? Is, is Higby going to play? I was really monitoring that. Maybe there's some value in some of these other guys. And I, Henderson wasn't even on my radar, and then that that came through today, and I was like. Oh wow, that's uh, that's a new wrinkle in all this. So,
5: so is that one then, Matt? You're waiting on definitive news on on Henderson before you would go play an under on Acres.
4: No, I'm waiting because I think all of these, I think all these player props are going to get bet up between now and Friday. Because, so I mean, it, it's it's one of those deals, and we talked about this a little bit on the on the show last night, but it's worth worth bringing up again, especially considering we're talking with props is there are 11 new states that are going to be betting for the first time legally into the Super Bowl. So 11 new states went live since the last time we had a Super Bowl. Of those states in is Arizona, is New York, is Louisiana. Like there are some big states that, and, and I, the reason we, we mentioned Louisiana is because it's such a short drive over from Texas. And so there will be a lot of people from Dallas going to make bets. There'll be a lot of people from Houston going over to make bets. We've already seen Mattress Mac drive across the border and bet four and a half million dollars on this game in Louisiana already. And so, you know, he's just the first of a lot of guys from Houston that'll make that short drive over to, to place the legal, legal bets across the, uh, across the border there. And so, you know, Kelly, how it goes casual betters, People who are watching this with their friends, people are sitting. They don't want to be the guy at the party who's rooting for no offense. They don't want to be the guy yep. who's screaming every time there's a fumble. Yes, you know, and all that. Like they, they, that's not that's not what they want. You know, it's it's they they want overs, they want yardage, they want all that, whatever. And so I, I expect all of these things to run. I mean, since yesterday at one of the books, Gil, we were talking about how the the uh, the Cooper Cup prop had had run four yards. It's up to two seven and a half at one of the books. So it's now it's run five yards. I mean, like people are going to bet these things come hell or high water. Water.
3: Best bit of advice we can give you for Super Bowl props. Overs, bet them now, unders, wait. Coming back, kicking props next, primetime action.
2: You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network.
3: Getting ready to watch the big game. I know you are. We want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans on the weekend. Big game weekend coming up. We'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VSIN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. We kick it off on primetime action Friday night. We will be there for the game along with Mike Pritchard on Sunday. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join all of us, all the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action on VSIN.com. You guys pumped for this? Can we play this game already?
4: My goodness. 56 Go. hours of cover. Gail, I'm <laughs> letting you off the hook. You don't have yes. to do the 57th hour anymore.
5: Oh, oh, what a nice guy. I'm letting you
3: do off you know the how, Do you know how uh, stupid I am? I just now at this moment realized why we went with 56 hours. <laughs> <I'm serious>. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I'm like, why did we come? Oh, <laughs> <shit."> <laughs> Uh (laughs) Oh,
4: that's great.
3: Uh, Last thing about uh, that last thing we did last hour about the anytime touchdowns, because you alluded to it real quick, Matt, but I wanted to get back to the the point about CJ Uzoma. Mm -hmm. We don't know for a fact that he's playing yet, right? I know he threw the knee brace. He's making a big deal about it. But I did notice Drew Sample at the bottom of that board. Are we thinking anything about that?
4: I mean, so this is what do we – what do we believe? Right. So, Uzoma came out and and in press day he, he today he said, "I'm not missing the biggest game of my life." Is what he said. So, I mean, again, I hear him. Do we do we believe? You know, I mean, again, it, it sometimes it's not necessarily the player's decision, right? It's sometimes it's it comes down to the medical staff. But I I, I tend to think that this is one of those deals where. He gets a shot at the good stuff. He'll worry about uh, he'll worry about what happens after that after the game. You know, with all that. So I think he probably goes. But yeah, it's uh, we hadn't heard the same from Higby.
3: Yeah, we have not. Uh, let's go to some kicking props. These are the props that I love the most for this particular matchup. Mm-hmm. I have already bet. Uh, in terms of the touchback, no on the touchback at plus money. We talked about it last night. I've already bet. Will a uh, extra point be missed? I laid a juice on the no, heavy juice. What about some others? Total field goals made. This is Evan McPherson, Matt Gay, anybody else who might happen to kick a field goal if there's an injury. Uh, total field goals made over one and a half. Well, as you might imagine, that's very highly priced, minus one thousand. The unders plus five fifty. If there was only one field goal or fewer. Uh, Two and a half, the over's at minus 250, the under's still at plus 200. And then it gets uh, more into the, the coin flippy range with three and a half. So that's really the dividing point. The over is a slight dog at plus 150, uh, plus one fifty, 115, over three and a half combined field goals made. Under three and a half is minus 145. And then if you believe there's going to be a whole bunch, over four and a half plus 280, over five and a half plus 650. Does this interest you at all?
4: It's this one is is pretty interesting because I don't know if there's a game narrative that necessarily leads you to one way or another with this, right? Because like I still think that these offenses are going to move the ball up and down the field on each other, but do those drives end in field goals or do those drives end in touchdowns? Like I can't really I can't really say one way or the other. Like I think that they're not going to just get completely shut down, I think both of these teams Move up and down the field. I know there's a lot of people who think that these teams are going to struggle for for whatever reason. I, I'm not of that mindset here. Um, so I, I don't. I just it's hard for me to get to a point where I know like, oh well, they're definitely going to you know be scoring touchdowns or they're definitely going to be kicking field goals or something like that. I mean, I guess if anything, I do lean at least a little bit, like you said at that at that slight plus one fifteen number on the the over three and a half, strictly because we do know from a McPherson standpoint that he has all the confidence in the world from his coach. Uh. Like, like he is not going to, if, if they're at the end of a, you know, if they're at the end of a half or if they're, you know, if, if it's like that borderline range where it's 53, 54, he's at least going to get a shot at it. Now, whether he makes it or not, you know, to be determined, but they're, they're not going to hesitate, especially in this. Another thing to realize is they were doing this with him in suboptimal Conditions, right? I right. mean, like that's like th- they were trotting him out for these fifty-plus yarders, where these games were in Tennessee when it was it was actually cold in Tennessee. You know, it's cold. It, it's cold in these other places. Outdoor conditions. It wasn't necessarily perfect. Like this is going to be perfect conditions, right? They're in the giant carport over there at SoFi, so we're getting like we're we're getting you know even better for him. So it wouldn't surprise me if they let him go from 54-55 in in certain opportunities. So yeah, I mean, I, I, if anything is sort of a lean towards that over. On the three and a half just because I think that they're not gonna hesitate about about giving him the opportunities.
3: I mean I know this is obvious to those who have thought about each game by game, but Evan McPherson is twelve for twelve on field goals in the postseason alone. It's like mind-boggling. The record is 14 made field goals, I believe, Adam Vinatieri back in the day. And Evan McPherson, very aware of that record. He has an old Adam Vinatieri souvenir ball uh, at his home. Um, But 12 for 12. He's 4 for 4 each of the three playoff games thus far. Also 4 for 4 on uh, extra points. Why don't we try this a different way? This is from our uh, good friends at PointsBet. I don't actually know them. I'm not Mm -hmm. good friends with them, but it's something you say. Uh, Total points scored by the kicker, so not the field goals now. Just talking about points. Both set at seven and a half, so two field goals made and two extra points, three field goals, however you want to get there, eight extra points, however it works. Uh, Over seven and a half on Evan McPherson is at minus 135, Matt Gay uh, juiced to the over but not quite as much, minus 120. On the over seven and a half, and then you see the plus numbers up there as well.
4: One thing I would like to point out, and like, don't, if you are a veteran of doing this, don't sit there and laugh and say, What are you doing? Now, listen, there are a lot of people who are betting this stuff for the first time. This is not fantasy scoring. This is actual points scored right. in the game. So, like a forty-yarder doesn't isn't worth four points, and a fifty-yarder isn't worth five <laughs> points, like you get in fantasy football, worth right? Saying. And and yeah. so you know I, because there might be some people who don't who don't know you know who don't who don't get it. So this is just yeah. a field goal's worth three no matter what. If he makes it from seventy-five, it's still worth three, and, a, and an extra point's worth one, obviously. So th- worth pointing out. I
5: wouldn't have thought to point that out. Worth pointing out for sure.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there are people fantasy. who might be yep. looking at this prop for the first time ever in their whole life, you know. And It's it's not fantasy scoring. It's just actual points scored. Um, Yeah, I mean, so I think that both of these are are fairly interesting and and kind of correlated with that last one where I think you'd be leaning fairly heavily at at the over on these if you were leaning over on the field goals as well, right? Because if you think that each of these guys get a couple of field goals – then you're you're betting the over on both of these because I don't think you think that these guys are, you know, that these teams are are not gonna score two touchdowns in the game. So I mean, that's kinda what you're looking at. It's two field goals, two touchdowns for these guys, and and that's kind of where this line is set. I like scoring in the game, so I lean to the over. I know there's people who don't like scoring in the game. Probably that plus money looks pretty juicy for them on McPherson or something like that. But I'm 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 in the camp of of points, so I, I lean towards the over. I, I don't know how you could go under on McPherson with everything we talked about, just
5: with with the trust they have in him. And then yeah. we can just look at the stats on this. He's gone over this number in the last seven straight games they've played. He's only gone under on it five times this year. Mm-hmm. So if you're going off that, this guy is an over machine on this prop. I don't know that I'm running to bet it. Obviously, every game's a different situation and going up against a very, very good defense with the Rams. But there's no
4: way I'm betting under on it. Yeah. And, and and the way to handicap that too is people like you you don't take this to a level where you can't predict right like you're you can't predict oh they're gonna whatever but and then they're gonna stall like oh yeah you know so I'm, I'm am I trying to predict like oh they're gonna get down and then they're gonna stall no it's just your your handicap is do you think these teams are gonna put themselves in positions to score or not and if that's if yeah. you think that they're gonna not be able to put themselves in position to score then you're gonna look at the under if it's a over then thats type of situation you can't you can't see the future if we can see the future we'd all be rich we wouldn't here be here doing all this like so you can't say like oh yeah they're they're gonna get inside the to 20 but then they're gonna stall And so it's going to equal field goals. Like, that's not, you can't do that. Right. You're just, all you're doing is kind of handicapping whether you think that these teams are going to put themselves in scoring position. And you know, if they happen to score five touchdowns and it's all extra points, well, unlucky for you, but that's just kind of how you have to go about it.
3: I'm I'm with you, Kelly, though. I I know what you're saying. It's like, I I can't imagine what logic would be behind Evan McPherson is going to have fewer than seven and a half points. I see it. I see it. My vision. That's what I'm going to bet. Um, Bengals are going to have their opportunities, and they certainly aren't shy about using Evan McPherson. Real quick, the last two, shortest field goal set at 27 and a half. I guess there's an assessment as to whether you think Matt Gay or um, or Zach Taylor will be reticent to kick a chip shot field goal or not. 47 and a half is the number for the longest field goal. Obviously not shy about Evan McPherson, but Matt Gay seems to be a little hurt, doesn't he?
4: I don't know what's going on right. I mean like that that is something to to at least consider here. I I'm curious as to whether any of the media people will ask him about the short about being short from 47. I wonder if there is who yeah. anybody, anybody who will step up to the plate and ask about about that cuz that would be super interesting from from our standpoint. There's no doubt about that. Um you know, same deal with me like I I like the over on the longest because again I just don't think that there's going to be any hesitation for them to to line him up. I have no opinion on the shortest because that's just that's too too tough for me to try to to go after. I mean it's the the 48 yarder Kelly like you kind of said. I mean if you look down if you look down what this guy's done. He's, he's a he's a 48-yard-plus machine. He's a machine, man. Yeah. I'm with yeah. you. He's absolutely a machine. Uh, if we were on Radio Row, we would have
3: Matt gave that question. I would. Right? I really tell
4: would. I tell you that. I, tell, I really yes, you would. would. I know. <laughs> Let's
3: talk some hockey next. Andy McNeil joins us. It's VEASAN's primetime action.
0: I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Play Wrangler Squares and celebrate their 75th anniversary with a free shot at a share of $75,000. Head to DraftKings.com slash Wrangler Squares now to get in on the action for football's biggest Sunday. Wrangler, for the ride of life, terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. See that? I understood. I was going to say, yeah, 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 75,000 dollars.
4: 75,000, you know, like, yeah, Very simple. This COVID is really affecting my brain. Had this been Skill. last year, I bet yeah. you it'd have been seventy-four thousand.
3: For seventy-four, right? Seventy-fourth yeah, anniversary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But somehow fifty-six yeah. hours in Super Bowl fifty-six didn't uh, didn't click for Honestly,
4: me. it's not as it, it, the dots don't connect as easily. It really doesn't. Yeah. No. Well, I'm glad I could glad yeah. I could be the guinea pig for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen,
3: it is time for the return, the triumphant return, of our hockey analytics expert from. Edmonton, Alberta, north of the border. Let's wave that Canadian flag.
6: It's Andy McNeil, everybody, at Digital Gambler on Twitter. How you doing, Andy? I'd be doing a lot better if I could get the kind of lighting that you get in, in your home. I mean, look, geez, you look great for somebody that has COVID. Well, thank you. Thank you so also, much. Also,
4: not anymore. He doesn't have it anymore. It's gone. Uh, it's gone. It's just <laughs> protocols and all these things that are going, you know, he's fine. It's moved up. It's well, like, I'm up like a here. mushroom, <laughs> right?
3: Definitely hey man, Andy. Dark, so, Andy, I uh I don't get texts from you anymore. You don't send me flowers. What's going on with you, man? How's your season going?
6: Yeah, just, you know, you've been busy and and I'm busy and we we'll, I know we'll reconnect once all this football mess is is done with, but uh football yeah, my mess. season was uh <laughs> my season was going actually Pretty, pretty decent. Uh, still, probably the worst season that I've had in in the last five years, uh, five or six years. But um, pretty decent right up until about ten days prior to the All Star break, and then I just couldn't win a bet for uh, whatever reason. Nothing went my way, and it was a, you know, I definitely was feeling a, a bit of burnout uh, towards the, you know, towards as we got closer to the All Star break, and I was happy to get a a few days where I could uh, unplug and. Uh, forget about hockey and and gambling, and just spend some time with my family. And now I'm feeling uh, pretty uh, pretty refreshed and ready to get get into it in the second half.
3: I just want to say that to everybody. No matter what sport you're expert in betting, you will have a streak where you feel like you will never bet successfully on another game for the rest of your life. It's unbelievable. Happens in tennis for me. Happens in hockey for you. It just happens period. I've had a a couple of them this season. (laughs) Yeah. A couple of those stretches. Yeah. Let me, let me just ask you this before we get to tonight's games. One, one, one macro question on this. John Bucci on ESPN does this thing every year round about this time where he's like, I think this number of teams and he names them can win the Stanley cup. What would be your number of teams? Like who can legitimately win the Stanley cup in your opinion?
6: Um, well, the the easy answer would be to say that any of the, the sixteen teams that make the Stanley Cup playoffs have a, a chance to win, but um, there's there's a, probably about a half a dozen teams or more that have a legitimate chance of winning if the cards uh, fall into the right place. I mean, looking at look at, at Vegas here, uh, they're going to get a superstar in Jack Eichel in the in the coming days and weeks. I mean, it looks like he's pretty close to, to making his debut and uh, he's immediately going to be the, the best player on the team. No disrespect to Max Pacchetti or, or Mark Stone, but um, that that's going to put them in a whole different tier and and you know really really give them a better chance of, of winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, we're looking at the the best Vegas Golden Knights team uh, that we've we've ever seen once uh, once Jack Eichel is wow. on the ice. So um, you know, they're they're one team. Tampa Bay is another. Florida, obviously, Colorado, and you know you can't you can't knock uh, the Capitals, the Bruins, the Penguins, the Hurricanes. I mean, these are all teams with legitimate shots at winning. And as we've seen in the the playoffs, um, you know, we're talking a lot about 60, 40 matchups, even in the in the more uh, lopsided uh, series. And um, you know, it's uh, it's not exactly a, a cakewalk even for the best teams. So. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, at least half of the teams heading into the, the playoffs have a, a legitimate chance of uh, going on a deep run.
4: Andy, we've seen and, and we've talked to you about like, you know, playing the other side of some of these massive, uh, you know, s- some of these massive numbers that we've seen. I mean, just, you know, huge, huge minus five, six, you know, some of the, I think a couple of them got to like minus 630 at some point or something like that. If We've kind of talked about this I think last season, but I want to bring it up again again this season like so at, at what point do any of these teams kind of start, I don't know packing it in? Do they start like playing different guys in kind of the rotation? is it like they take a look at maybe younger guys or not necessarily emphasizing winning like quite as much like at what point of the season do we have to start kind of factoring that in whenever we look at these games?
6: Yeah, I think you're you're going to see a lot of that uh, as we as we get closer to the trade deadline. Especially teams are going to to be looking at what they have, and um, you know maybe maybe like you said, changing up the rotation a little bit um, and getting some young guys into the mix to see you know where they're at before they make a decision on a, a veteran player. Uh, that, that could be you know a rental for a, a contending team, but um, yeah, you're definitely going to see some teams sell off here in, in the the next. Uh, well, I guess the trade deadlines a bit a little over a month away, um, and uh, you know things will things will kind of go from there. I'm I'm sure you'll you'll see a few teams. Uh, uh, you know the Arizona Coyotes seemed to be in in tank mode uh, earlier this year. They'd only won five games in their first 28 matchups, but they've won. I believe six in their last 17. So things, I guess, are trending up. And, you know, just when you think a, a team has uh, given up totally, they seem to muster up a second wind. And I'm um, not sure how long that's going to last. But they're, they're a team to watch as far as, you know, one that might sell off some pieces heading into this, uh, this trade deadline season. Three games still to come tonight, Andy, including one that faces off about 15
3: minutes from now. I believe you have a play on this one. Uh, The Minnesota Wild are traveling to Winnipeg to take on the Jets. What are your thoughts here?
6: Yeah, so the Jets, I mean, they were already in tough with uh, the loss of uh, Nikolai Ehlers. He's actually back in Denmark right now. I guess spending some time with his family because he's going to be out for uh, at least another couple of weeks um, and then they got hit with a rash of injuries and illness and Pierre-Luc Dubois is now in, in COVID protocol along with uh, Neil Pionk, uh, uh, the defenseman and uh, Dubois, I mean along with Ehlers, they, they've been horses for this team. Dubois is second in goals and uh, in points and first in power play goals with nine. The next best player has four so this is a big loss for this Winnipeg Jets team and they're missing a handful of regulars and the wild uh opened around minus 135 uh camp talbot he's getting the night off because uh you know he had a busy weekend at the the all-star game um but uh it's capo kakinen in goal tonight and he's actually been better than, than talbot this year uh and he's been playing the best hockey of his career so um i i was able to get down in on the wild around minus 140 and minus 145 earlier like i said it opened at minus 135 and got bet up all the way to minus 160 and then snapped back and uh some action came in on the jets and that allowed me to get that that nice price on the the wild at around like i said minus 140 minus 145 and i'm um, now i'm seeing a minus 150 minus 155 at most shops maybe a little bit of value there but uh obviously it's wild or nothing for me but you know if you don't want to lay the the big price i do think there you know i hope there isn't but if there is uh, an opportunity uh, or a situation where the Wild fall behind in this game. Uh, obviously, the Jets are shorthanded. They might have trouble, conti- you know, continuing offense throughout the game, continuing to generate offense throughout the game. And the Wild are uh, a top three team on offense right now. So you know, this is a team that can score goals. And like I said, their goaltender uh, is really on his game at, in his, as far as his current form goes. So uh, maybe some situation, maybe a situation where the Wild might be a, a good live in-game bet later on this evening.
4: Andy, as we move uh, on the other side of the all-star break here from a prop standpoint, you were betting a ton of props at the beginning of the year. Um, is there anything you're adjusting, anything you're looking at differently, anything, any tips or anything that you could give to the the listeners on that standpoint?
6: Well, as, as far as the props goes, there's actually been some, some big adjustments, but uh, not the kind I'm, I'm ready to talk about. Just yet right <laughs> yet, but yeah, uh, um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think there's any, re- really any, um, I, I don't want to say there's any, you know, general tips that I can give as far as, you know, that apply to the, the second half down the, the stretch run here towards the playoffs. I think once we get to the playoffs, we can definitely talk about some, you know, specific playoff tips as far as uh, betting props, because I think that uh, the, 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 um, the makeup of playoff games is much different than that of what we see in the regular season.
3: Andy, we appreciate it as always, man. Let's go Caps, as you know. Let's go Caps. Appreciate it, man. Good to see you.
6: All right. Take care, guys. Andy McNeil at
3: from Edmonton, Alberta. Um, always interesting with the... Uh, he makes me want to bet a uh, futures on the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, though. That old Jack Eichel talk. Not that the market doesn't know Jack Eichel's showing up, but uh, it feels like uh, the best Vegas Golden Knights team ever. By the way, we're only talking about like four seasons... But they got to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first. They've always been a contender, um, so that's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty bold statement right there. Uh, Kelly, apparently, when you were uh, on Florida's Gulf Coast uh, this past weekend, you had enough time to make a basketball bet. You want to talk about that after the break?
5: Let's do it. Or how about the Celtics up twenty-eight, 28 to two. two right now,
4: baby? Let's go, roll 28 it. Twenty-eight to two. The the Nets two of seventeen from the floor, zero of seven from three, and zero of two from the line. Unbelievable. Coming back.
3: Beeson <laughs> Prime Time Action.